pure in heart. It's a concept that can sometimes be mocked by the culture or even defined incorrectly by Christian culture. What does it mean to be pure in heart? Hello and welcome to Pick Up Your Bible with Cynthia Papamani. Today, Cynthia continues her series on the Beatitudes by examining the famous saying of Jesus from Matthew, Blessed are the pure in heart. Let's listen in. The Beatitudes. Blessed are the pure in heart. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Matthew 5, verse 8. Jesus is all about transforming us from the inside out. The Beatitudes, consequently, are all about the heart. Our heart towards God and our heart toward others are evidence of our citizenship in the kingdom of God. The tree is known by the fruit. If we lack any of these blessings, as expressed in the Beatitudes, we can know it's a heart issue. Specifically, this Beatitude and the promise within. The promise to see God. I cannot tell you how many times I've turned heavenward and called out, Where are you, God? I cannot see you. I cannot feel you. Do you even hear me? Do you know this feeling? Where you long to encounter God in your misery and he's nowhere to be found? Oh, how the word of God reveals the truth. It's not that he's not present right there beside us. God is everywhere. Yet we cannot see him, even though we long to, because we're so blinded by the impurity of our heart. It's a matter of urgency, listener. If anything, 2020 and continuing on into this year is a reminder to us that we are but lost if we cannot find God, if we cannot see him close and know his ways. It matters. Our heart matters, and our ability to see God matters. This is why the psalmist cries out, Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. Hi again, we're back with Cynthia. In our state-of-the-art studios. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very excited because my microphone has a little sweater now. <laughs> I got one of those, I, I don't know, what is this called? A, a pop, pop filter. filter. Yeah. Yes, my microphone looks really cute and warm now. So <laughs> I'm interested to know if the listeners can tell the difference, tell the difference in sound quality. That. Yeah, so let me know, listeners. <laughs> Yeah. And you got sweater for the dog. You got a sweater for the microphone. Yeah. yeah. We're all about Everything. the sweaters. <laughs> <laughs> Specific Northwest weather. All right. So this week we are going into another avenue of the Beatitudes. It's been fun doing this because when I was growing up, I used to memorize verses for church and the Beatitudes were one of my favorite ones to memorize because the rhythm, it's just a cool rhythm that for the sayings of Jesus that it gets into. So it's easier to memorize because you kind of yeah. have a rhythm going along with it. Did you find that to be the case as well? I didn't grow up in church, so oh, I yes. wasn't memorizing verses, hence the horrible <laughs> memory and having to pull up my Bible all the time. But I do wonder if there's a song because it seems like so um, perfectly laid out, similar mm. sentences. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
to help you I'm memorize I'm pretty it. sure there is. I'm almost, I mean, I'm almost positive that I heard it at a VBS a long time ago. But <laughs> when I do some of these things, when Jesus says it, like, I want to hear it in the Aramaic, you know, when how Jesus said mm -hmm. it. Like, I'm so curious mm -hmm. how it sounded, because I'm sure that there are nuances in there that we're missing because it's translated into English for us, so. or even right. in the Greek, the way it was written. So, so all of that to say that this week we're going into the pure in heart. What is actually the, I wish I had it open in front of me, but what is the actual verse for that? Blessed are the pure in heart. For they for, shall see God. For they shall see God. That's the sound of. I got it right. Uh, I've memorized a verse to cruise. <laughs> so that's not the sound of you flipping through your Bible to get to it. <laughs> no, I said it and then I flipped through okay, it to the and it was right. I'm so excited. <laughs> good job yeah. good job you win first prize at Sunday school <laughs> camp or whatever for they shall see god i mean that's a huge statement and I'm, I'm glad we're getting into it because when i hear something like that the first question that came to my mind that i think some people will probably have this because not everybody's mind works like mine but if i'm a christian aren't i automatically pure in heart once i accept christ isn't that the case well, from personal experience, I can say no, because <laughs> I'm not pure in heart. Mm. I think it's the big myth that the minute you meet Christ and you call yourself a Christian, now you're this perfect person mm. who has it all together. Absolutely not. Right. And I think it helps for us to have a better understanding of salvation and what it means to be saved, that process mm. of salvation, and why it doesn't automatically mean we're like little Christ, mm. little Christs walking around. <laughs> right. uh, we spoke of this in an earlier episode, the uh, already but not yet right. um, reality of salvation. So just to go a little deeper into it, because it might help our it might help us understand. Because I, I do believe that as believers we can live with a lot of guilt because we don't measure up. And we, so long as we're on earth, we're not going to look as much like Christ as we want to. We're going to fail multiple times. We're going to, we're going to disappoint ourselves and think we're disappointing yeah. God. So it's helpful to uh, have an understanding of how salvation works. So salvation happens in three sequential events justification being the first. So when a person right. um, accepts Christ, hears a gospel, accepts Christ as his Lord and Savior and submits to live a life in obedience to the word, justification happens. It's a mm. one-time event when we are freed from the penalty of sin. Right. And that kicks off the second phase, which starts immediately. A believer is given the Holy Spirit as they confess uh, their sin and accept Jesus as their Lord. Uh, they are given the Holy Spirit who dwells within them, and the process of sanctification starts. This is the process in which we are freed from the power of sin in our life. Right? Sin no longer has a hold on us. We sing that song. It's a process, a lifelong process, unlike justification, which is a one-time event. Sanctification is a lifelong process where the Spirit is teaching us to be more like Christ, to change our ways, right? To live in his fullness. Last week, we talked about not pulling out our old bank card, 
but, you know, living in the fullness of God, learning to choose Him always. And this happens until the third phase of salvation, which is glorification, which is a future, the not yet, mm. one-time event when we will be unified with Christ again, and we are freed from the presence of sin. So we rid ourselves of these old bodies and our fleshly sin. We're given new glorified bodies and we're seated at the right hand of God. And so these the salvation is not this one time thing that maybe many people think of it as. And being pure in heart is part of this lifelong sanctification process, mm. right? It's almost like a daily decision to focus on God and to keep all our heart free of all other thoughts and things that draw our attention away from him. To come back to your original question, the purifying of a believer's heart is, is it's going to, we're experiencing it every day. Yeah. Right? So we can never say, I've got it. I'm pure in heart now because I'm a Christian. That's not the case. Yeah. So it's a long way to go, De Cruz. Buckle in. Yes. <laughs> and we pray, come Jesus soon. Yes, soon indeed. Yeah. I, I love that because I think, like you said, the, the first part of this is that positionally we're no longer outside of the plan of God. Like we become children of God. And that's the first part, the justification part. And then we... Yeah go into that sanctification thing. Yeah. yeah. And that's a done deal. Yeah. That And that's amazing. It's it's done because of what Christ did. Yeah. We don't have to earn it. And it's amazing. <laughs> yeah. There's a great quote from Brennan Manning that I love. And it just goes along with what you just said. He said, and he's an author that's and a speaker that's passed away now. But one of his quotes from his books was, my deepest awareness of myself is that I am deeply loved by Jesus Christ and I have done nothing to earn it or deserve it. So it's one of my favorite quotes of his. So moving on to the second question. Many times people associate purity with sexual sin, right? Is this the only way to look at purity of heart? What is Jesus talking about here when he says pure in heart, like you've kind of described already? In an earlier episode of the podcast, we defined sin as anything that diverts our attention uh, from God. Anything that competes for space in our heart, right? I'd, I'd like mm -hmm. to point the listeners out to a couple of uh, verses in the Bible that gives us insight into what God means when he says pure heart, right? In James 4, verse 8, James writes, Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Mm. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Mm. James is pretty intense, definitely not PC, Yeah. but what we learn through him is that an impure heart is one that is double-minded, right? It has conflicting wills and contradictory thoughts and intentions and ideas, right? What James is saying is that anything that is taking our eyes off Jesus and demanding our attention is defiling our hearts. Wow. Um, yep. This The psalmist in chapter 24 says, Who shall stand in his holy place? Hmm. He who has clean hands and a pure heart, who does not lift up his soul to what is false and swear deceitfully. Here again, the psalmist defines a pure heart as one that is free of falsities and deceit, where hmm. only truth prevails. Now, the deceit in your life could be sexual sin 
could be dishonesty at work, could be manipulation of your spouse, it could be revenge, jealousy, anger. In all these cases, your desire is to satisfy yourself, right? Mm. And that desire is taking precedence over the truth of who truly deserves all of your praise. So I believe what Jesus is talking about here is any sin, any thought, any idea, any intention that leads you away from him and takes your eyes off of him. Yeah. Wow. That that changes the gravity, doesn't it? Because you can, and it takes away from almost a, the possibility of a self-righteous attitude uh, of looking at somebody else and going, well, I'm not that guy. I'm not dealing with that, et cetera, because we're all, we're all guilty at some point of having uh, an impure heart or having defiled our heart with something that takes us away from Christ. So, yeah, we tend to, I read this a long time ago and I'm not sure where I read it, but it was something to the effect that we tend to draw the line right under us. I'm not that bad. or And so when people tend to t- take a verse like this and make it solely about sexual sin, that's, we are running into that danger of drawing a line where a line is not there. So allow the word to inform the meaning of what you're reading. So purity is not just sexual purity. When God says pure in heart, it definitely means anything, anything that invades the space that he should be occupying is an impurity. So for the last question, the psalmist calls it his anxious heart. What's the connection between purity and anxiety in the heart? I mean, in this context that we're talking about, can can you expand on that a little bit? Yeah, this is actually a perfect follow-up question to the previous one, right? Jesus addresses um, this issue of anxiety in Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 to 31. And I'm just, I'll read it. It mm-hmm. says, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, hmm. what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? Hmm. And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore, do not be anxious. Mm. Wow. Jesus commands us to not Jesus commands us to not be anxious and then goes on to say that those who are have little faith, as in no (laughs) faith. This is the connection between anxiety and a pure heart that is singularly focused on God is naturally full of faith because that heart is beholding God in all his power and all his might and all his glory. The presence of anxiety is then the presence of an impurity in such a heart. It it splits the desire of your heart. You want to focus on your circumstance 
as opposed to your Savior. And this is the double-minded heart that James was referring to, we read in the previous question. So that's what the psalmist is referring to when he says, when he calls his heart anxious heart, purify me. He's talking about this propensity of ours to fill our heart with other things that take away from our ability to rely completely on God. And a God that, and a heart that's not filled with God and is filled with anything else uh, is taking space in it. That's Mm. an impure heart. So my prayer for each of us today is that any thought, any circumstance or person that is fighting for a place in our heart, which should be filled by the fullness of Christ, that we would willingly, urgently, and humbly surrender that to the Spirit. He will teach us how to keep our singular focus on our Father in heaven. He will help us in our weakness. Yeah. That that verse about commanding us to not be anxious. I remember reading that verse when my family was going through a very difficult time <clears throat> when I was in high school. And yeah, it's, it's just interesting when the problems of the world overwhelm us, which are real. Mm-hmm. These are very real issues and we can't downplay it at all. But like you said, it's so much easier to carry our burdens to him. And then when we focus on him, we are filled with faith. So wonderful. Yeah. Thank you so much, Cynthia, again, for another episode of the Beatitudes and another reading. I'm almost afraid to ask now, what are we doing next week? (laughs) I'm actually going to pull it up before I say something wrong. It is (laughs) blessed are the peacemakers for they shall be called sons of God. I love it. Um, Very excited for this topic. And it's it's actually one of my favorite parts of the Beatitudes is that particular uh, verse there. So really looking forward to it. And Cynthia, for our listeners, can you do me a favor and tell us how they can get in touch with you, offer suggestions on a future episode topic, or ask you a question? Yes, please email me at Cynthia at pickupyourbible.com. If you have my number, text me. If you're on the Instagram page or Facebook, send me a message. Any way that you can contact me, we'd love to be in touch with you, pray alongside you, answer questions for you, get ideas for future episodes. Yeah. We're open to Um, this all. (laughs) uh, On Instagram, how can they find you on Instagram? Pick up your Bible. Pick up your Bible. Yeah. Yeah. So just search for that and you'll find the excellent Instagram page for us. And you can always reach out to us there. And once again, thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. Remember, Again, that there's always a new episode every Wednesday. To stay up to date, you can always subscribe to this podcast. Turn on your notifications so that you always know when the next episode comes out. And uh, listeners, may you experience the knowledge, wisdom, and love of God as you join us and pick up your Bible. Until next time, God bless you.